Hey y'all, welcome to Alas Abiertas, your favorite podcast. Let's get started with this week's episode. Wow, so I don't know if you guys um, caught on to a different voice today. Um, so this is my friend Citlali, college Hi. friend, Capricorn Hi. sister. <laughs> yes, that's me. Um, yeah, we have our Capricorn candle lighting and next to We're us. setting the vibes, y'all. Yeah. It's good vibes. So, Citrali graduated from Sonoma State with a sociology major. Do you have a minor? I don't have it declared, mm-hmm. but it's, um, what is it called? It's, I forget what the term is, but it's with um, criminal justice. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to be talking, our, actually, our conversations go everywhere, so yeah, you're going to find different parts where we talk about one thing and then we will completely do like a 180 and (laughs) talk about something different but they all intertwine yeah essentially they all intertwine and it's always very fruitful yeah i really enjoy and i'm so proud to be in their podcast i know you're our second guest yes first female first indigenous female guest (laughs) shout out to all my oaxacan queens (laughs) okay so i have one question for you and i've been dying to ask this question so what made you declare sociology as Mm -hmm. your major because i know you went to sonoma state and you were undeclared and Mm -hmm. then did you take any other classes or what classes did you take or you know did you think that you were gonna go into the sociology field or did Mm -hmm. you um had something else in mind okay so um the way I got into sociology is actually pretty ironic and like not not impulsive but just out of a suggestion from this girl that I used to live across from, uh-huh. um, from Savion. I forget the whatever, but anyways, um, <laughs> what's it called? So originally I had an idea of maybe psychology because mm-hmm. I've always been really interested in like human interaction, just the way humans go about their lives mm-hmm. and like why we are a certain way, right? So, um, at this point, like I had no I- idea really what I was going to do, but I was, um, <laughs> smoking with my um neighbor you know we we're just <laughs> smoking in the restroom at the fucking college um dorms but yeah. there were like more apartments in sonoma yeah so um and we were talking about our majors and um she had mentioned to me like have you ever thought about sociology because she was part of this program mm-hmm. where they were like helping them like n- navigate through college or I don't know exactly what it was and she would and she informed me like hey like if you declare now because it's um it's I think it was just about to be like impacted Mm -hmm. and at that time when I was a freshman it was not impacted so if I were to declare it before it gets impacted it would it would be such a smoother transition especially because I was undeclared and she had mentioned oh like it's pretty similar to psychology but at least this route you are declared you know Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I had no idea what I was doing in college. So that shit sounded good to me. I was like, okay, bitch, let's do this, right? And so I did. Um, It was literally shit out of, like, it was just a lucky-ass thing that it fit perfectly. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as I took my first sociology class, Intro Mm -hmm. to Sociology, um, oh, my God, that shit changed my world. I was, like, learning all these terms that just started to fit in with Mm -hmm. what... I was feeling, but Mm -hmm. never had, like, the quote-unquote academic words to express them. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like 
it was so easy for me. Mm-hmm. It was so easy for me that I kept wanting more and mm-hmm. I just stuck with it. Like, so that's really how I got into it. Just word of mouth, man. Like, <laughs> trying so to... what is sociology? Um, sociology to me <clears throat> is like the study of human behavior and more so as a, in the societal aspect mm-hmm. and like really understanding like the systems that mm-hmm. are in, in place for, um, upon us yeah that's what um i try to explain to people what you do like i tell them i'm an anthropologist she's a sociologist Mm -hmm. anthropologist is the study of one person Mm -hmm. and sociology is a community Mm -hmm. that's basically what i say and that's the basic like that's really the basic no and i love that super good i feel like that was a perfect explanation Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's all the, also the reason why we connect so well because we're so similar in that, in the aspect of wanting to understand. Yeah. Right? Because it's so easy not to want to understand. We're, we're educated bitches. Hey, bad bitches. <laughs> um, so how, what, what was the process for you applying to Sonoma State? Because mm-hmm. you're not from here. Mm-mm. Okay. So that, that, that to me is kind of, was kind of weird when I first met you. I was like, oh, you're not from here? Like, yeah. And you're like, yeah, I just drove here. It was orientation. <laughs> That's how we met. Yeah. Literally. Oh, we little... haven't said how, how we met. Yeah. So basically, okay, I love our story because literally <laughs> I know. the universe really is always in our side. Yeah. Never forget, folks. Literally, yeah. the universe is always on our side. Um, and this one time, it was our freshman orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, the way Sonoma State does it is they, it's a three-day thing. Is it a three-day thing or two-day thing? I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. It's an Bitch, over- it was 18, 18 <laughs> eight years. But it definitely is an overnight stay, and it's like multiple days. I, we just, I just don't remember. Mm-hmm. But I really think it's so crazy and beautiful mm-hmm. how we were set up, right? Because mm-hmm. everyone had their roommate. <clears throat> everyone had their group, mm-hmm. you know? And we were roommates. Mm-hmm. We were fucking roommates. And, you know, there's always that saying that, like, when you're in a new location in a, or a unfamiliar place you gravitate towards the people you look yeah, like yeah yeah so bitch you look like me yeah i know <laughs> you know i was like not girl, only that girl. our backgrounds are similar so similar you know like so i was like okay i'm gonna gravitate to shoddy and mm-hmm. we were roommates and yeah. so it was like perfect you know so and then we just we just clicked we just yeah. fucking clicked and it's been a beautiful fucking thing yeah like, straight i up. knew that w- the universe brought us together because I think I asked you when your birthday was Mm. and you're like oh December 23rd and I'm just like oh my god mine's December 22nd and then you're like 1995 and I was like 1995 and we're only crazy we did the math yesterday we're only 17 hours apart and Mm -hmm. 17 is my lucky number crazy that's to crazy. me, that's fucking crazy. So amazing. I don't know how, like, Mother Earth, like, she... She's... She definitely... We're... <clears throat> you know, we're meant to live our journey the way it's supposed to for yeah. a reason. Yeah. And, you know, like, I've really been learning that more so, like, as our journeys of mm-hmm. healing continue. Yeah. You know, because we're such advocates when it comes to our self-healing, our self-love... It's a revolution. Let's go back to the question of how was the process to Sonoma State? um, Basically, in high school, I was an AVID. Um, For those who don't know, AVID is like a... It is a program that... um, and like motivates folks to go to a four-year institution right off the rip from graduating high school. 
and it helps like first generation really and so i had a high school teacher who was an sonoma alumni and also her husband i think they might even have been locals so anyways with avid you go to schools um to visit and so she was an alumni so she brought us here you know and to me sonoma really caught my attention because of the dorms i you know like you you don't they're, know any better honestly they're bougie compared they're to like so bougie they're compared to other places yeah. like yeah <laughs> they're so nice right and so and but also what i really liked about sonoma was how small it was because i am a social butterfly like mm-hmm. that's just you who are. i am mm-hmm. um and i t- have tendencies to get really distracted really easily so when they let us know in the tour when we came here they're like oh the class sizes are not too big mm-hmm. you know like you have interaction with your professors mm-hmm. yada yada yeah i was like hmm you know high school me you know that might sound smart for mm-hmm. me because one like I do get really distracted with big crowds and I'm like I want I wanted to take my um education serious you know mm-hmm. and so um yeah so we came here love the campus the air itself fucking smells fresh you know fresh the the Sonoma aroma uh, bitch <laughs> what the fuck no okay those are the that's funny Sonoma aroma you get used to that though yeah you, know? you do you, you do. get used to it but yeah so um once that field trip ended I was like that's how I really considered Sonoma State and um the process so i was an avid so um as a first generation the avid course helped me apply to everything honestly when i look back at it i'm thinking like damn like if i didn't have avid i don't know where i would be honestly Mm -hmm. because they kind of like did shit for me Mm -hmm. you know and it was really easy you know i honestly didn't know what i was getting myself into moving here because once i got here major fucking culture shock yeah major culture shock okay mind you i come from a background of um the 831 salinas <laughs> yeah. uh, specifically in the east side east east um salinas um has its reputation of violence but nonetheless it's beautiful beautifully um cultural like super i love it it's just i I feel at home, mm-hmm. you know? I feel at home because everyone looks like me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, what more do I have to feel like at home? If yeah, looks- coming into Sonoma County, like, your eyes open because... Oh, my God, so open. I- Sonoma County was the first time I ever experienced, like, racism. racism. Yeah. Racism it, yeah. right in my face, yeah. too, so... I think Raul también, like, he, when we started dating, like, he noticed some racism and then was like what the fuck like why are people like this and i'm just like yeah i've never personally gotten attacked it's so clicky like yeah oh yeah it's so clicky it's like okay the institution part right Mm -hmm. like if you weren't in a sorority or fraternity like as a brown first generation Mm -hmm. young woman Bitch, I had no place I felt like I could belong. And at that, I was so naive. I was not naive. I was just unaware. Mm-hmm. I was unaware of how really, truly life is outside mm-hmm. of East Salinas. You know, because um, although I live in the hood, I I've, I've still live in the hood. I was brought up, you know, that's my environment. Mm-hmm. I had certain privileges. And mm-hmm. those privileges is I had two parents. I had a house, um, you know, like my parents own that house mm-hmm. um so i never had i didn't experience certain struggles mm-hmm. 
I honestly didn't know I even lived in the hood until I started. Really, oh, really? Yeah, until I started taking sociology. Mm-hmm. Because, again, like I was saying, I had certain privileges and other folks, you know, around me, my my classmates, it, it was a little more hard for them. It was mm-hmm. much more difficult. And it's like as a child, you're unaware. But also like my aunt would let me know because I had a house and I had two parents. Like mm-hmm. I was privileged. I was mm-hmm. privileged and I didn't know what the struggle meant. Mm-hmm. Right. So like I thought it was cool. I thought I was I wasn't poor, but I wasn't rich either. Mm-hmm. Like I've been OK, you know, like there's been hard times whatever but nonetheless I've always had a home which brings me back to Sonoma and it's like I felt like I I was decent Mm -hmm. and now Sonoma's the real fucking world Mm -hmm. Sonoma's the real fucking world because I come across all these wealthy people like we're talking about wealth money that that old money honey you know like fucking crazy generational money generational money and then that's when I was like bitch mm-hmm. you're poor <laughs> you're no, yeah. fucking poor yeah believe it or not bitch you're poor mm-hmm. and i was like wow and it really sat with me one of the things that really sat with me that made this explicit was i had uh i was friends with this um girl super cool and she was telling me her plans after um the dorms because mm-hmm. you're only allowed to live in the dorms for two years and she was like just casually that's what the craziest part is just casually she's like yeah well my dad's gonna buy me a condo and I'm just gonna rent it out with my friends and I was like bitch what I'm like I'm struggling to find a co-signer because a co-signer needs to make six figures okay and I'm like bitch (laughs) my family college student over here no not only that like I come from an immigrant background, mm-hmm. un- you know, it's not that my parents don't want to make six figures, bitch, it's hard out here for us, you know, yeah. like, so I was having to struggle, I struggled with finding a co-signer, like, because, again, no one in my family has been making six figures, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's hard, and so, um, luckily, I had a friend whose parent, whose dad was um, willing to, like, have me under his co-signing <clears throat> shit, and it worked out, but that shit was hard like Mm -hmm. I remember feeling so like small and Mm -hmm. little like oh my god yeah I remember you having a mental breakdown and you called me and I was like you you're welcome to stay here like I didn't know what I was gonna do bitch I didn't know what I was gonna do (laughs) because you need a place to live yeah you know and so really like that's when (sighs) yeah I mean believe it or not that's how I learned like where class wise I was now Mm -hmm. and it really hit me it really hit me hard I think that's what made you be passionate about what you do no yeah and definitely because I'm like whoa like fuck I can't believe I'm a fucking struggling brown person like I didn't feel that when I was in the east side because I had these privileges around other folks who had Mm. less or you know who just couldn't you know like it's hard and so coming here and people have all this shit to blow Mm. I'm like holy fucking fuck balls like Mm. who where am I like I yeah like crazy it was a definitely a hard experience um for me for the Mm. first fucking two three years i just still can't believe that you're first gen and you managed to move out and go to a college or a university that you get to stay there like on campus and i can't Mm -hmm. do that because one my parents didn't have the money Mm -hmm. two i didn't get any scholarships Mm -hmm. and like for you to do that that's impressive dude honestly when i think back i 
I literally... I don't know how you I don't know it. how I did it either. <laughs> because as a first generation, you're just fucking thrown. And mm-hmm. Avid was really instigating that like go to four-year college because mm-hmm. if and i think this is where this we fuck up in the school system because we we don't really tell students how the fucking real life is mm-hmm. especially when you're coming from a background of low low income education like we don't have certain resources to set us up for this higher education mm-hmm. shit you know like that's why it becomes so fucking hard mm. when you come and you transition to a whole new world. You know, I had a therapist one time tell me, and I fucking love this description and analogy that she used. Mm-hmm. She's like, you defeated one war, but you came into a new battle. Mm. And I was like, ooh, ooh. I was like, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Snap your fingers, please. Because I was like, that is some real ass shit you're mm-hmm. talking about, you know? Like... Because, again, you know, I, I'm, quote, unquote, the typical, like, out the hood mm-hmm. story, you know? Like, I made it through high school. I'm here th- going to a four-year university. I'm going to mm-hmm. thrive. Like, I, I was decent in high school. Like, I had mm-hmm. a, you know, I felt like I was a studious, very ambitious student. Mm-hmm. Like, I would go to tutorial in the fucking morning at 6 in the morning. <laughs> you know, I, I was dedicated. So, coming into Sonoma, it was just like, bitch, yeah. you literally come from nothing. Yeah. You're an educated hood bitch hood bitch like that's all you can really do you have to emphasize on the educated though and yeah like i remember one time i had this english class right and mind you high school english was my shit like my Mm. professor my professor my teacher said i had shit going on Mm. you know like you have some some good ass work going on so i've always had confidence you know and then i come to this english class in college and i'm fucking getting c's and d's and i'm like what the fuck's going on (laughs) like i know my ass as a triple capricorn at that i know i'm not fucking failing this bitch you know and i remember his response he was a white man and he had i remember just him mentioning something on the lines that made me feel my writing wasn't up to par Mm-hmm. Like, I was just lacking the the standards that I needed to be. Mm-hmm. So I was behind. And I remember that really sitting with me. And I'm like, damn. Like, I remember my confidence just kept going down mm-hmm. here. You know? Like, ugh, it was so hard. So hard. Just even, not only education-wise, socially, too. Mm-hmm. Bitch, I had no friends. Besides you, mm-hmm. you know, I felt like I had no friends um, besides you and Sam, mm-hmm. who's also uh, local, and I felt so alone, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't understand why, because again, like, I'm a social person, but, <clears throat> you know, it's learning, when we look back, it's like, damn, those were microaggressions, bitch, because mm-hmm. when I look back and I talk to friends about my, what I went through, they're like, bitch, that's some racist shit, you know, <laughs> like, and in the moment, you're <laughs> not and you're you're not like so self-conscious of that because Mm -hmm. you're literally you're just transitioning i was transitioning from the hood where i knew every you know like everyone looks like me people know me Mm -hmm. to sonoma a place where i had nobody a bitch was poor poor you know Mm -hmm. and i don't understand why people didn't want to be my friend i'm like Mm -hmm. bitch i'm cool i'm funny (laughs) you are funny and you are cool (laughs) you know but for whatever reason i couldn't make friends Mm -hmm. and i had problems throughout college with roommates um Mm -hmm. and 
Oh yeah, damn bitch! Oh my god, that one time where I almost got jumped. Oh my, remember? Yeah, oh my god, crazy! They were crazy. ready to jump you. They were ready to jump me in and maybe like kill you. I swear. No, literally, literally, you know. But oh my god, you know, like that that happened. Did um, I go to pick you up that day? I feel I like know. I went. You definitely picked me up when I missed my bus. Oh, I think so. I, and, and I was, was crying. Yeah. Oh, my God. Stories. Really, Sonoma really was mm-hmm. hard. was so hard. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard for most first generation. Fuck, yeah. You're living in a world. You're coming- Especially with, a, like, a different background. Other than, you know. Like, you're 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 a little used to the social class here, mm-hmm. you know? Versus, like, me, even now, like, when I'm visiting here, as I'm visiting today, I can't help but, like, just automatically see redlining. Mm-hmm. Like, when we went to, you know, the Sunflower Cafe, that's mm-hmm. a beautiful downtown. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's money, tourist money, mm-hmm. white people money. And then you come more to where you live, and mm-hmm. it's, like, different. You see, you know, our elders walking, mm-hmm. you know. It's just, like, a different world. Mm-hmm. It's really a different world. And it trips me out. So that's what's that was really hard, you know. Like, I was struggling socially, um, educationally. Mm-hmm. And there was, at the times, I remember being feeling so alone mm-hmm. to the point where, like, I hated going to the cafe by myself. Oh, okay, yeah. And I had a boyfriend at the time, and I would, like tell him like facetime me while i'm here eating my food because i i was so alone mm-hmm. and i didn't know how to cope with that because again it was my first time where no one wanted to be my friend yeah and i didn't understand why it was hard for me to make friends you know because you felt like you didn't fit in I but it, it wasn't you it was the where you were placed and yeah the environment you were in mm-hmm. so it no. wasn't you, so it's not you. Thank you, thank you for the validation, <laughs> the reinsurance, because now I can think back and look back at it, and mm-hmm. it's like, whoa, it definitely wasn't me. Mm-hmm. It was just how our um, internal prejudiceness. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I also want to bring up that it was a different time. Oh, yeah. So, you know, now I do see a lot more people um, of color color at Sonoma State. Mm -hmm. Because when we first started, it was like predominant. It was like, what, 90, 95% white? and Some high ass numbers. And when I went back to school, like when after my breaks, like you see more. Remember that I was the only Mexican in my political science class? How many times did we both have those situations, though? Like, that was hard. Yeah. And I, that this was This is 2014. Semester. Yeah, and okay. that was the semester I left because I couldn't do it. Like, I would just come home every night crying, and mm-hmm. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So and then once I went back again, then I saw the diversity that Cinema State had, and mm-hmm. that I felt welcome. Like, mm-hmm. I felt so much better. Yeah, well, now I know, because once I started getting involved, like, towards the end of my education journey at Sonoma, mm-hmm. um, I know Sonoma State now is considered a Latino-serving institution, mm. so that's why they have, like, more programs, but we didn't have any of that. Yeah. Like, we were literally thrown into the lion's <laughs> den, I know. and it's like, figure this shit out. Yeah. You don't look like us. Mm-hmm. You... It was such an... Um, imposter syndrome was on a thousand mm-hmm. and it wasn't even like it was there vis- you know visually mm-hmm. like we ha- you, like you mentioned we were the only brown people in certain classes and a lot mm-hmm. of classes there'd be maybe one or two brown um 
other female male Mm -hmm. but it was i'm pretty sure they were trying to figure out their shit too (laughs) you know like it was hard it was so hard towards the end of my education system i i was thriving i went Mm -hmm. back to thriving because i ended up getting the help that i needed through therapy Mm -hmm. and then on top of that i started taking my um upper division classes sociology Mm -hmm. so any everything came into play like i was starting to learn like i said i mentioned earlier the terms that i was feeling but didn't have the quote-unquote academic language or Mm -hmm. even just the language at all to describe what I was feeling Mm -hmm. I was so sad to the point that I almost got kicked out Mm -hmm. you know oh yeah we were both on academic probation for a minute yeah like at least two years yeah at least two years and it was hard because we didn't know we didn't know we We didn't didn't know. know we didn't know that's what I'm saying like I they didn't, love- honest, personally, I don't think I was prepared. I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. It, a thousand percent. Like, because education does not prepare us well. Mm-hmm. Especially when we're brown people. Mm-hmm. And we come from backgrounds of predominantly brown mm-hmm. students. Yeah. You know, especially if we're low income, you know, like... We don't understand that there's people in other schools that have all these AP courses, all these Mm. electives that will boost them Mm. and have, like, prepared them for higher education. Mm. Us, we're getting the low, bare minimum, bitch. Did I ever tell you that I um, wrote a paper on my mother's hands? Yes, yes, yes. So I won third place on a writing fair Mm -hmm. in college. That essay was based off me being middle class and not Mm. getting the right material to Mm. know how to make my way through the educational process. Like, if you were low income, you get the help. Mm -hmm. If you were in the higher income family holds, you know, you get the help from your parents and from Mm -hmm. family, friends, and stuff like that. But for the middle class, like... The ones, quote-unquote, middle class yeah Yeah. you you don't get help at all like Mm -hmm. you have to work because you don't make you you make too much to i was on the verge of like Mm -hmm. well you can pay for yourself yeah and in reality it's like no Mm -hmm. motherfuckers we're barely scraping by Mm -hmm. we're just having enough to live we're not comfortable we need we need access why do why does society act like uh, resources are a scarred thing yeah we have so much in this problem mm-hmm. well that's one of the reasons why i had to get two jobs mm-hmm. w- full time and then still going to school like that was the hard part for me Fuck yeah i don't, going know, to I don't even know work. how you did it i don't know how i did it either well i I, I i do know how i did it. i <laughs> yeah. didn't do my work and that's why i was on academic probation yeah. but once i started doing my upper division classes is when i because things it's, start hitting yeah we, and it's the stuff that you want to learn it's mm-hmm. stuff that you are very interested in so mm-hmm. obviously you put in the effort and then your general ed you mm-hmm. just take classes that you need you, yeah to fucking yeah, exactly. take what you want and yeah. yeah and it's interesting and i feel like for us we had the privileges of going into these social um, sciences like mm-hmm. anthropology and sociology mm-hmm. that connect made us feel more connected mm-hmm. and how Help us understand, like, holy shit, I'm not the problem. Yeah. These institutions, Mm -hmm. these systems, Mm -hmm. they're wanting to beat me the fuck down Mm -hmm. so I don't graduate. Yeah. Like, higher education is fucking violent. Yeah. Let's talk about that. (laughs) I remember... 
we got drunk at a bar one time, and okay. then I was telling everyone. I was like, yeah, she works at San Quentin. <laughs> oh, my God. My internship at San Quentin. Yeah. yeah. How was that? Honestly. Did you like it? Um, It's been more of a, it looks good in my resume. Yeah. You know, it looks good in my resume. So what I did for San Quentin is a position called a children's activity coordinator. And it was through a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And um, I loved the fact that I could just say I'm going to San Quentin. Mm-hmm. But because I was a children's activity coordinator and it was through a nonprofit, I was limited to what I could do. And basically my job was to provide comfort for children who are coming inside a fucking scary institution mm-hmm. and keep them busy keep keep them from if they don't want to go see their loved one incarcerated mm-hmm. um behind bars behind do they ever get cage. to see their parents or well in this aspect so the children's i was basically kind of like low-key a babysitter mm-hmm. you know like if they didn't want to go see the person that was incarcerated mm-hmm. they would stay with me but mm-hmm. a lot of the times children mm-hmm. want to see their people yeah families want to see their loved ones so there were mi- minimal times where i did get to interact with children and i would make sure to like color with them mm-hmm. you know like just keep it like as comfortable because I feel like for me at least I don't want to come in too strong mm-hmm. and be like what are you feeling you know oh like, yeah how are you, you know your parents incarcerated mm-hmm. like no like this to me I have a background of system impacted mm-hmm. you know like my family's been system impacted for a lot of us it's look down upon mm-hmm. we have we carry a certain shame but as I grew and I started to take my sociology classes that's because that's how I learned about San Quentin I was fascinated because San Quentin is a very special prison mm-hmm. you know in the sense that I had it's in a rich ass town mm-hmm. Marin County and they have these privileges where people can come in and out of the prison because of volunteer work. You know, not a oh, lot. Oh, they, they're allowed to go out? Well, volunteer people. Oh. Volu- oh okay, yeah, okay. there's so many people volunteering that mm-hmm. come in and out. Like, they have more resources than other prisons. Yeah, it's really cool for a prison, you know? Like, <laughs> it's really cool for a prison. It does certain things more than others but mm-hmm. it still ain't shit <laughs> you know yeah. like our people are still suffering there mm-hmm. our people are still dying mm-hmm. like it's fucked up but anyways um so when i started learning about san quinn and i remember getting like this guest speaker on my sociology class that was freed from san quinn he had done his time and it was so fascinating to me how he um, was able to walk a different journey and a healed journey and like mm-hmm. just transform his life you know that's how I really got into San Quentin and the idea of like wow like there's so many opportunities that can happen mm-hmm. when people are given the right resources mm-hmm. and given it an opportunity you know yeah. so that's what attracted me to to that system because I saw my uncle, my cousin, I'm like, that could, that could be them. They could, they could have an opportunity and they can live life and not have to just fucking survive out in these streets, you know, if they were given the right resources and the patience and the guidance and Mm -hmm. like the grace Mm -hmm. to thrive. 
And so as a children's activity coordinator, I didn't get to um, interact with a lot of people because they do want to visit their loved one. Mm. But we also provided like clothing for folks because when you go into a prison, Mm -hmm. um, there's certain attire you have to wear. You can't show quote unquote too much skin because they really dehumanize people and try to be like, oh like everything's so sexual because you don't want to get people incarcerated too excited it's just a very dehumanizing way Mm -hmm. that we provided folks clothes that quote-unquote were appropriate to go visit and we were able to interact with more folks that way and because there were sometimes people who just would event they Mm -hmm. would come in here there i remember there was this elderly woman who was visiting from like the uk Hmm. yeah to san (laughs) quentin right to go visit her loved one and I remember her just being so upset because the COs, they live a different perspective from the people that are affected by mm-hmm. their loved one being incarcerated. So they're not they're not trained to be emotionally sympathetic. Mm-hmm. They have to have this hardcore armor because they're in this scary institution. So anyways, um, there she came in and she was just so upset because she was like, I just flew from the UK. They're telling me I can't go inside because of my clothing. You know, she's just venting. Mm-hmm. And it's just holding space for folks to be able to just be seen and validated because mm-hmm. again we're in the system and uh coming into an st- institution that is very scary it's not nothing about it is love mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing about it feels like quote-unquote rehabilitation like opportunity for people it's just a dark place mm-hmm. i was able to d- interact with people that way but you know it was just for a short time when i left covid had hit because at that time like a bitch was needing money like it was a cool pay and it was three days a week it was during visiting hours and i just loved being able to just go there and like be surrounded by people trying mm-hmm because there's a lot of people there are a lot of people in prison who are trying their best to become better Mm -hmm. even though sometimes they might not see the outside world but they're fucking trying and that's why i go so hard for my incarcerated folks and my formerly incarcerated folks system impacted folks because i want it's like hard out here for Mm -hmm. us you know like I just watched this documentary in Marin that it's called What the Walls Won't Hold. Mm-hmm. And it was such a beautiful representation of what goes on in like incarcerated people and system impacted people and mm-hmm. their families and these walls that separate, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. they're easily forgotten for a reason because everything's designed to have a reason. Mm-hmm. And out of sight, out of mind for prisoners, ill, don't want to call them prisoners, <laughs> for our people incarcerated, you know. So it was awesome because I I also did like tours. Mm-hmm. San Quentin does that again. Another thing that San Quentin does that other prisons don't do, right? Mm-hmm there people are allowed to go tour yeah you know although we're able to go see some aspects of prison it's also a little like to be a certain way because they don't show you everything of course Mm -hmm. they don't want to show you how it really really is Mm -hmm. and unfortunately some of the folks 
that are in that program they have to kind of like they can't be they can't keep it a buck with us because Mm -hmm. they don't want to also get in trouble for really exposing what real real life inside prison is sometimes Mm -hmm. like in the sense of lack of resources the dehumanizing aspect that they go you know they want you to show they want to show you the pretty parts like this is what we have to offer them we Mm -hmm. have a temple that offers different religions for everyone you know Mm -hmm. but it's like that's one temple how many religions yeah you know like yeah it's like like let's be real yeah be fucking for real (laughs) that's how i got into the internship i also had an internship in santa rosa jail oh really and i learned a lot there too there i was able to like answer or write back to our folks who are incarcerated Mm. they could request like things like glasses like just basic hygiene things Mm -hmm. like necessary things and that was cool there was some time you know it was cool i definitely i that's why when i look back with sonoma although it was so fucking hard Mm -hmm. it gave me such a different perspective on life yeah it taught me so much and it it gave me especially because san quinn was so involved for me Mm -hmm. like i was so involved in like and i'm still trying to get involved in that Mm -hmm. aspect of like helping our community Mm -hmm. and uplifting Mm -hmm. and uh, amplifying our voices Mm -hmm. you know um is because of Sonoma, because mm-hmm. of feeling like you ain't nobody, you ain't shit, like mm-hmm. you are poor, mm-hmm. to finding certain people who like understood the struggle. Yeah, so you know? a, Sonoma was a bittersweet process for you. Yeah, well, more like bitch, it was like <laughs> it was hard. It's not even bitter. It was it was fucking difficult it was rotten (laughs) it was it was torture yeah (laughs) it was it was hard it was fucking simply you learned a lot but i learned a lot i learned a lot and yeah and we are here now thriving to continue to try if you didn't go to sonoma state we probably would have met oh actually if I didn't apply to, because oh, yeah. it was the only school I applied to. Mm, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean everything happens for a reason. Everything, everything happens, for reason. happens for a reason, and that's why we are here, and we are doing this now yeah. to, you know, tell our stories, our testimonials. Yeah. So we're gonna do a second part because I have more questions to ask you. So <clears throat> check out the second part of this episode. Bye, friends.